Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. This is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Now we begin part two of our episode on assault. If you haven't heard part one, go back and get caught up because part two picks up right where we left off. Let's hear about your well, story. Well, unfortunately, my story isn't doesn't have such a good conclusion if you count having somebody beat up and sent to jail being a good conclusion. Uh, well, Although, I hope it also didn't include molestation. Well, I'll let you be the oh, judge. Oh, dear. No, it didn't involve molestation, but I don't want to give too much away. Okay, let's hear it. So this is one of those um, stories that might just be because of your female upbringing that feels embarrassing to tell. So, which is why I haven't really told anybody about it. Um, Derek and I went to Spain, and it was supposed to be a vacation that was going to be very relaxing to get us out of the city for a while. We were going to rent a car, and we were going to just drive around southern Spain and go. We made no plans about where we were going to go. We were just going to drive around and go where the wind takes us. We were thinking that we would spend the first night in Granada, but that was it. That was as much as our planning had gone. So we fly into Valencia as our starting point. And the first thing that happens to us on this day from hell is that um, we realize getting to the rental car place that neither one of us brought our licenses with us, which is a really dumb mistake. But we're not driving in Rome, so we don't carry them because we need to have an identification in case we lose our passports or something. We need to have some other form of identification. So if we don't need it, we don't bring it with us. We just leave it in the apartment. So this ruins our plans entirely. So there's the initial disappointment of that. We also happened to be there on a holiday, uh, which we weren't expecting. So everything was closed. The only restaurants that are really open are um, Burger King, Pizza Hut. Uh, The train station is open, thankfully. But after our devastation, we go and eat a Burger King lunch in our misery. And then we went over to the train station and we decided, okay, well, we'll catch the first train to Granada. That was where we were heading anyway, and we'll just figure it out from there. Uh, the only train to Granada, and it's 10 in the morning right now, leaves at 1.30 a.m. So we decide that we're going to buy tickets for it, and we're just going to find a way to kill time in Valencia. Now, I'm not going to go into the horrors of this day. We also had stayed up really late the night before, um, hanging out with friends, And so we were both exhausted also. We had gone to bed at 3 a.m. and then had to catch a really early flight because we were thinking, oh, we'll sleep on the plane and then we, you know, we'll get in the car and we won't have to drive very long. We'll just get to the next place and go to bed. Um, So we're exhausted too. And we're dragging ourselves around the city just trying to find stuff to do to kill time. Uh, We went to a movie, you know, all these things that you do to like pass the time. But anyway, both of us are pretty miserable and you're definitely to this point where you're thinking it just can't get worse than this like this is the worst day that is a very dangerous thought i know whenever you say that it always proves you wrong you're like this is literally one of the worst days of my life since we moved overseas we're both disappointed and anyway we get out of the movie it's about 10 30 11 p.m so we still have two and a half hours to kill before the train leaves and we decide that we need to get food And of course, there's nothing open. So we find an Irish bar that's open. The only food that they have is that they can order Pizza Hut to be delivered 
to the bar. <sighs> so we decided to do this. Um, so this is, you know, already a disappointment, right? But at least we'll have a beer and we'll have some pizza and maybe that will make us feel better. And then we'll get on the train and we'll just go to bed. But that's when my incident happened. Um, I get up to use the restroom. The restroom is all the way at the back of the bar, far back corner. It's also dark back there and there's nobody back there. Bathroom has a light on, so I figure, hey, whatever, it's fine. And they, and they also have those, um, you know, where the sliding glass door shuts all the way across the bathroom, so you're kind of in your own little room. Um, did I say sliding glass? It was not glass. Well, I kind of figured it was, <laughs> it was a glass. <laughs> it was a sliding door, but not, it was not glass. So that would have been very strange in general. Could you lock the door? I'm trying yes. to get a full yes. picture of Yes, you this. could lock the door. So I'm in there, you know, doing what you do in the bathroom. And uh, I hear somebody else come into the bathroom, but there were lots of women in the bar, so it wasn't anything weird. So when I come out to the bathroom, I walk over to the sink, I'm washing my hands, and um, when I go to wash my hands, there's a jacket that's laying across both sinks. So I pick up the jacket and I just move it to laying on one of the sinks. I'm not seeing anybody. Wait, know. can I ask you another question? Yes. Were you in a unisex bathroom or a women's bathroom? Women's. Okay. Okay. So and I just And how many, I have to get a full picture okay. of this, how many stalls were there? There are uh, probably three. Okay. Yeah. And two of them... The one I was in and uh, another one are right across from the sink mirrors. Okay. And then there's another one in the corner to the right. So I just, I, you know, and I'm not paying any attention because I'm exhausted. So I just move the thing and I'm not even looking in the mirror. I'm just washing my hands, looking down. And I hear a guy behind me who's in the stall that was right next to mine. The door is open and he's facing um, the, the toilet. Right. But he's standing in the doorway. It was sort of like a, you know, a big rectangle room. Each one was a rectangle room. So if, if you were standing in the door facing the toilet, you could still see the sinks. But, you know, the toilet's in front of you. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> he was facing the toilet, but he could still see you. Right. Because, you know, he wasn't standing over the toilet, like going to the bathroom. He was just facing in that direction. But wouldn't the toilet have been facing, have been on the opposite side? No. No, it's sort of like you walk in, uh, say you're in a rectangular room, you'd walk in and the toilet would be on your right-hand side. So like okay. if the two rectangles are facing each other, so if there was no wall between the two stalls, the toilets would be looking at each other. Okay. But the door... And that's where the, and that's where the sink was. But, well, but the doorways are both like right in front of the sink. You need to draw a picture. No, I know. Just kidding. Just picture it however you want, okay? So he's, he's there and he... Um, but he's... I, I don't want to get too distracted on that because it doesn't really matter. Okay. Either way, he's standing in an open stall, um, like just facing me sideways, like looking over his right shoulder at me, and I can see him in the window, okay? In the mirror. In the mirror. God, I can't. <laughs> oh, sliding glass door, the window. This story makes me too nervous. Now, um, so, and he says something like, uh, first he, uh, he, he's moving very quickly. That's what one thing that's interesting. So he's standing there and he's looking at me, but he's grabbing toilet paper very quickly, like he's in a little bit of a panic, okay? And he looks at me and he says, do you speak Spanish? And I say, not really. You know, I mean, I understand it, but I don't really speak it. And he says, where are you from? And I said, I'm from the United States. And never in all of this did you think, mm, there's a man in the women's bathroom? Yes, but I was just like drying my hands and, you know, getting ready to leave the door. And, and, but yes, it was definitely strange, but it wasn't like, 
I felt like we were going to have a prolonged conversation. Mm -hmm. All right. But then what he ends up doing, I mean, in hindsight, this all seems like a plot. But at the time, you know, you're responding to a person's just signals. And he seems panicked, you know, like something is seriously wrong in the way that he's talking to me. And he's pulling, he's pulling toilet paper to his lower stomach like he's trying to stop something from bleeding. That's like what it looks like, you know. And he keeps saying things like, I'm sorry, I, I know this is, you know, I'm sorry that I'm in here. I, I, I just I have this thing I got to deal with. It's very painful and blah, blah, blah. And, he's, and I'm just confused. And, and he keeps referring to my partner, that he's gay. My boyfriend, it's, he's, he's not here. He can't help me. You know, so I just got to take care of this and blah, blah, blah. And I, I can't tell what's going on. Is he being stabbed? Is he seriously wounded? What's happening? So he's acting like he's in a panic. And he says, he says in very broken English, can you get such and such from my coat? Um, and I don't understand what he asked for. He doesn't use a word I recognize. What in your coat? And he said, the thing in whatever he said, I don't know what word. And so I went to the sink and I reached in one of the pockets and I pulled out a little book, which obviously wasn't what he was looking for. And I went into the other pocket and pulled out car keys, which obviously wasn't what he was looking for. And he says, can you just bring it to me? Oh, no. Yeah. No. I know. This no, is getting no. bad. This is when I would have said, no, I'm sorry. I got to go. I'll, I'll, have, I'll send my husband in. I know. And meanwhile, he's still grabbing toilet paper. So now he has like a massive, what looks like a bandage. And he says, give me the coat and hold this bandage. No, don't tell me you did. And so I, I did. And of course, you know what happened, right? He, it wasn't a gaping wound. He had his penis underneath all right. that paper. And it wasn't like I grabbed it. But as soon as I touched it and I felt that that was there, I just threw the coat on the ground and said, oh, hell no, you know, and like walked out. Um, as a female, I think your initial thing is shame and embarrassment. How could I not have gotten that that was what was going on should i even tell anyone about this i know for tiffany's looks like she's gonna cry don't cry it's okay but and and when i get back to the table derek's been thinking about something and he starts to tell me oh yeah i've been meaning to tell you and i said wait i just gotta tell you what just happened in the bathroom because did, did you start crying i mean i would have started crying no i was more freaked out just freaked out and feeling really stupid Something very strange just happened in the bathroom and I need to tell you what happened. Okay. And I tell him this story. And he immediately does what I didn't do for myself is he gets up and walks over to the bar and is like, some dude just tried to molest my wife in the bathroom and you need to go back there and get him. Good job, Derek. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, though, as the staff jumps up to go back there, I thought out of the corner of my eye, I saw the guy run out the door. So they come back, and of course, nobody's there. Can you describe him to me? Can you tell me what he looked like? And sort of, but not really, because he was tall. He had dark hair. He looked like a Spanish guy. He had a long trench coat with him, uh, you know, all these things. So, of course, they they didn't find him, and he just ran out to go do this in some other bar. Uh, In reflection, I couldn't get the whole how it all played out of my head all the dumb decisions that you made in the, that one moment not recognizing what was going on partly because I think at least for me in a foreign culture I'm more forgiving maybe he does need help maybe I'm not understanding what's going on maybe uh, I don't know <laughs> that kind of thing but then I also was remembering 
clues that told me that it was a setup. Why would he ask me where I was from if he was stabbed? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So how could I not have gotten that? It's so normal for women to blame themselves that you should not at all. And I think when these things happen, it teaches us, I don't know, I have so much more compassion for women who've gone through obviously much, much, much worse and yet have still felt shame and have felt afraid to tell people. And from the outside, it's so easy to say, this woman was being molested and she never said anything or even worse, if it's a little girl, then it's even, I mean, it's even more understandable. But you can't, realize unless you've been in that situation even if it's a minor version of it how ashamed you feel even if it's completely not your fault yeah so you just feel you should have known you're an adult woman you go around life thinking that you're not gullible and that you don't get yourself into risky situations and then you find yourself in a weird risky situation so fast and all these cues were present and you didn't pick up on them. Now, I think it might be worse in a foreign country because at least culturally in the United States, you sort of can gather when somebody's being creepier, mm-hmm. easier. That's true. Particularly because they're speaking your language. They're not flipping back and forth between two languages. Because your brain also, I was trying to be forgiving of myself because I do understand some Spanish. So my brain also is trying to go back. What is it that he needs? What's, what's so you're also doing this language thing in your brain where you're not picking up on the signals of other stuff going on until hindsight he wanted why did he care if I was an American if he was in serious trouble yeah or why didn't he say go go call the go call an ambulance no but it and why did I not think that he would do that well, if he didn't think it because you were put in a situation that you were not expecting and you weren't you have not been trained and you're not an FBI agent <laughs> you're not a cop so you're not you're not ready for a strange experience like that plus you were tired you'd had a bad day you'd been traveling traveling is tiring at the best of times so you absolutely can't blame yourself but I definitely would learn from that experience I feel that in Italy and in Europe uh, in in general in Europe these kinds of situations happen more often now I don't know if that's true because I haven't lived in the United States for a long time but I, all of my friends here, all of my American friends particularly, one in particular has ha- it's happened to her multiple times, and myself too, have been in a situation where not maybe that close of an encounter, but an encounter in which a man is near us and is masturbating. And I feel like those are things that don't happen as often in the States. And I, I think they do actually. I do. Well, I, I do. I don't, I, I don't know if they happen often. But I think that the, the penalty in the States, I think it's taken very seriously. And if you do that kind of thing in a big city in, in America or in a small one, you're probably going to end up in jail. I mean, something's going to happen to you. Whereas here, people are more likely to not report it or just be like, whatever, that just happens. It has happened to so many people. It's happened to my, one of my friends like eight or nine times, literally. I'm like, you're doing something wrong. No. <laughs> what signals are you putting out? <laughs> no. Um, Blame the victim, Tiffany. Yes, I know. I know. I just, I just, I just did what I said you shouldn't do. Uh, it was a joke. I don't actually blame her. Uh, but, um, but I know that in my years here, I have become so vigilant against that kind of thing. But it's only out after years and years of living here, and it's only after having been in one or two situations like that myself, 
and hearing a lot of stories and being with my husband, who is a big one on telling me all the scary things that happen in a city that I would rather be blind to. And he, you know, listen to what happened. This poor girl, you know, da, 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 da. So be careful. So now I'm much more wary. And in fact, I was approached by two police officers the other day who were financial police, which is something we don't have in the States. Guardia di Finanza, they're like tax police. Instead of guns, they've got calculators. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, and they were standing outside the little local pizzeria, and I went in to grab some pizza. And as I was walking out, these two guys dressed, you know, undercover, stopped me, and they said, Signorina, and I, I immediately was on my guard and, and wanting to move away from them and get away from them as fast as I could. And they asked to see, you know, they said, oh, we're the Guardia di Finanza. And they op- one of them opened up his wallet and he had his badge there. And my very first thought was, they're fake. He's not a real policeman. He's trying to rob me or molest me or attack me or anything. He's trying to victimize me in some way. And I was very antsy. And, you know, it took a while until finally one of them showed me his, ba- his, uh, his ID. And I looked at it very carefully. And, uh, and he said, listen, you can call the police and you can ask them if I'm here and I'm on duty tonight and they'll tell you I am. Finally, I believe them. And all they wanted was to see if I'd gotten a receipt from the <laughs> pizza place. You think they would have just moved on to somebody else? I know. I know. I think they thought maybe I had something to hide because I was so afraid of the police. Uh, but I know that people do have fake police documents. So, and that's again my husband telling me, putting the fear of God into me. I wasn't like that 10 years ago. I wasn't like that five years ago. And I don't necessarily think that's right either. I think hopefully some middle ground. But my initial reaction when anyone approaches me in the street is get away from me as fast as possible. And to the point of where I'm probably rude to people who are, are totally innocent, like these two guys, totally innocent, and I couldn't be, have been further away from them. I, I remember right once I was riding home on my bike when I still had a bike before it got stolen, <laughs> and this guy was, was kind of following me on a bike. He was an older man. And actually, come to think of it now, I don't remember if he was on a bike or on a scooter, but he kept trying to talk to me. And I said to him, get away from me stay as far away from me as possible serious and pissed off and that's the only thing that really did it if you he probably was harmless he was probably just trying to flirt with me but I I just I'm so wary now and I'm so used to not necessarily used to but I'm so aware of the possibility of being put in a dangerous situation but again like I said it's only after years and years so uh, I don't think you should blame yourself well I think you're right though that that and I and maybe men receive the same training but I do think that women are taught to be polite oh absolutely and I don't know I mean I think everybody's taught to ex- hopefully expect the best of people and assume that yes there's stranger danger out there but that most people are friendly not out to harm you in any way and yes to be on your guard but I think women also are taught to be overly polite to off often feel like they somehow caused a situation to happen uh, in this situation I don't feel like I caused a situation to happen uh, but in my younger life I've been in sketchy situations where you can play it back in your head and say oh well I was flirting with that guy pretty heavily and so I can understand why he might have ended up being a total jerk and blah 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 
but um, not that I was raped or anything. But that still doesn't make it right. I mean, you yeah. should be able to flirt with someone without having him jump on you or attack you, just as just as like you should be able to wear a short skirt without being molested. It's the same thing. I hate it when people say, oh, no, you dress like that. That's why you were raped. It's a complete cop-out. Yeah, that's a ridiculous argument. Like, I, I, My main regret is that I didn't do what you did and just walk from the bathroom to the bar. Because if I had done that, they could have just immediately walked back and he wouldn't have even had time to run. If I had not done the triangle of going to Derek and then him walking to the bar and then them going back, at least they could have thrown him out with their bare hands into the street or something like that. Yeah, but don't don't beat yourself up too much because even though I did, quote unquote, directly go to the authorities, I wasn't planning to do that. I What I immediately thought of was just let me get as far away from this person as I can. And if I'd had a husband or boyfriend there, I would have run to him. I wouldn't have run to somebody that I don't know just to report it. That's a normal thing that you would want to run to the person who is protective of you and who's going to comfort you. And I just happened to be, you know, I happened to be in a place where I was walking in the direction of the office. So it just made sense to keep going. It was not an, a conscious decision, for at least for the first five or ten minutes. And it didn't ruin the Taj Mahal for you. I'm probably not going to ever go back to Valencia, but it is a beautiful town. It really is. <laughs> beautiful building, but I probably will not go back there. And not just because of this guy, but because that day was just so awful. I probably... I, as I said before, I may never go back to India. But if I do ever go back to India, and it's not by myself, and I highly doubt I would go back by myself, if I go with my husband, I will definitely go back to Agra because I want to share the Taj Mahal with him as well. So I probably would go back. But uh, And you can tell him this beautiful story. Yeah, he knows it. Trust me, he knows <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, that's enough uh, cathartic talk for me. Should we leave it there? I think so. All right. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. This is The Bittersweet Life. Send us an email, bittersweetlife at mail.com. And if you have had any incredible and unpleasant travel experiences, send them as well. Yeah, we want to read them. Maybe we'll share some. Yeah. And check out our website, thebittersweetlife.net. <laughs>